Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 355, Older and Wiser, How to Find Love Later in Life with Treva and Robbie Scharf. I am Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships after 40. Today, I am so excited to speak with my friends, Trevor and Robbie Scharf, and we're going to be talking about how they found love for the very first time after 50. Were you guys after 50? Or right yeah. around 50? Oh, after- I, well, I yeah. was 50. I was exactly on my birthday 50, and then Robbie was 56 at the time. Yes. Oh, right. It was at your birthday that you met. So we'll get into all those juicy details in just a minute. Um, I just um, I always leave a tip of the day about how to be a woman of value because that is what I stand for. I help women show up, stand up, and speak up and be a woman of value in all parts of their lives, especially in dating. And it's amazing what happens when a woman knows her value and knows how to really speak her mind. I, I'm working with a new client now, and she's widowed. She was married for 30-some years, and she realized that even though she had a great marriage, communication skills were not so great, and she wants to do better next time. And so we're working on those communication skills in every part of her life. So whether it's a friend who hurt her feelings or a cousin or a family member, it's just important to stop being in judgment and start getting curious and speak up. So every week I give you a tip on how to be a woman of value. And this week's tip is practice saying no. No is a full sentence. It's amazing how difficult it is, especially for women, to just say no. Um, If somebody asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, don't have that auto yes. You have to be able to take a pause and either say no right away or say, you know what, let me get back to you on that. I have to think about it. So that is my tip of the day. Practice saying no. Practice taking a pause before you say yes. And before I bring on Treva and Robbie, I just wanted to give a shout-out to my Facebook group, Your Last First Date. It is a fantastic group, if I may say so myself. We have eight monitors who are amazing who keep this group running safe and um, positive. So there, this is not a place to just come and vent and tell everybody how dating sucks and men suck. This is a place to grow and actually find love. So if you're interested in that, join us at Your Last First Date on Facebook groups. And now for my guests, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. They are they were married for the first time in midlife, as I said before, and they are both co-hosts of a podcast called Done Being Single. It's on the Voice America Talk Radio Network, and I was honored to be a guest just a short time ago with um, my friend Silka, and uh, yeah, it was quite an experience. <laughs> they have a combined 107 years of single life under their belts. Trevor and Robbie have the wisdom and experience Necessary to navigate the dating world, Done Being Single covers every aspect of being single and finding love later in life, from sex tips to dating intervention, from tough love to life advice, from personal growth to prenups. Trevor and Robbie try to entertain and empower, so if you're done being single, you're ready for their show, Done Being Single. 
Welcome to the show, Trevor and Robbie. So much. And if it, if, it, if it doesn't work out for you, you can always be our announcer. Jesus, you are really good. good. <laughs> or our <laughs> thank agent. You, thank you. <laughs> Although you've got hey. a good... You have an excellent, wonderful, you were one of, when I first started in this world, uh, dating advice world, as a blogger first, your name came up pretty much immediately. I don't know how or when, but, and then it kept coming around as we started the podcast. Um, you are such a fantastic um, sort resource for women. I just want to give you a little shout out because you really deserve Aww. it. Um, Thank I love you. what you do. I love your message. I love your voice. Uh, if necessary, and I love your tip of the day. And and darn you. you and your, your you must have you read my mind. You've got some kind of mind control thing going because I am. <laughs> I was that woman who couldn't say no. I still am. I'm. Mm. I still. And by the way, that's a people pleaser. That's that's it is. Um, it comes from somewhere inside that makes you feel like. If you don't say yes or if you don't agree that uh, you're, you know, screwed or that you have to, that somehow you're, I, I don't know, there's, there's right, I'm, I'm taking all the airspace here, but that <laughs> you described me, so thank you for that. And Well, thanks for sharing, and thank you for the lovely, kind words, and I appreciate it, and your podcast has gone through the roof. Um, Really, you've had incredible guests on the show, so congratulations on all your successes, and um, and just to give a, a little, just to kind of close the loop on the saying no, it is such a common thing that women in particular are raised to be people pleasers, you know, that sugar and spice and everything nice, it's it's just like be kind no matter what and it's a big big cost to our mental health to to finding who we are and to living authentically and and with congruence and so when you're living out of alignment you're not making good choices not in work not in your romantic relationships not in your friendships and so it's one of the most important things and I absolutely love helping women learn to value themselves enough to know what they want and need and be able to say no comfortably without guilt. Oh, my God. Such an important thing. Would you like to say something, Robbie Sharp? No, I am Because if you listening, don't, we're going to hog up I all am, the time here because <laughs> you know, I can really go at it here. I, I, I am going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> you see, because you're a guy. You know how to say no. <laughs> you know, um, I am. So I also want to know... Why, where's the power of yes here? The power of yes. So that's a whole other thing, and I do talk about that. Saying yes to things that will grow you, things that are scary, things that will add to your life is equally important as saying no. And so that I think it was, uh, who was it, the, the woman, um, Sandra Rhymes? What is that her name? From Rhymes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she wrote the book of yes or something, and she had her year of yes. And so she just started saying yes to things. And actually, and then we'll get on topic. But my son, who was a very big comfort zone guy, he really didn't want to do things that, that made him feel really uncomfortable. He realized how small it was keeping him. And he decided that he's going to have immersion therapy and just say yes to every uncomfortable every uncomfortable invitation he had to be social, to get out of his comfort zone. And 
it really grew him tremendously in a very short period of time to the point where now his job is working in an Apple store, having to be around people, incredible stimulus from the fluorescent lights and constant people around him. He could never have done it if he didn't say yes. So I'm glad you asked that question. It's 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 an interesting thing because I I, I do think that uh, and Trevor and I w- we confront that ourselves because she'll ask me questions and I won't say yes I I'll say no or maybe and she'll call me Mr. Maybe. Mm. But do you have I a good reason him, for your maybe? I, I call him Doctor No. Oh, uh, because no. most of my suggestions. You know, have to do with getting in better shape or eating better, and he is no, 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 no. Or rather, rather he'll start eating something or doing something, and then I'll say no. Put that down. All right, it's not always the same thing, but yes. Okay, so okay, I just want to say what's the whole. This is a whole other topic, which is called unsolicited advice. (laughs) And. Of course he's going to say no because he has self-dignity. And when you really want somebody to change, you check in with them, you ask them how it's working for them, you make them be in charge of their decision instead of you. So that's just um Wow, uh, Trevor's giving you, know. you a quiz, quizzical look like she's never even heard no, of that I've type of a that. strategy before. I just don't want you to hear that. Okay. Sandy, <laughs> this is great. Sandy, I'm with you all the way. Okay. And it's something I should practice. <laughs> yes. I should. We'll no, it's, it's an ongoing issue. Tell us where to send the check. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, no, it's interesting, and I love hearing, you know, about your relationship because I think this is this is real. This is what people need to hear. Like, you have a fantastic relationship, and there are things that people struggle with. And um, so let's let's take a step back and first go back to you being single, and then we'll get into the relationship that you have now. So let's, let's yeah. You were single for a long time. How how did you how did you survive all those years of of singleness? Pretty well, actually. I did. Oh, there. Who are you talking? <laughs> who, are, you, are you asking me? <laughs> no, no, she's asking me first. Okay. Go. okay. <laughs> it was okay. an open question. I had a little bit of a head in that I'm an only child, so I had the skills going into, you know, adult, single adulthood. I was used to being on my own. I was comfortable being alone. Um, I wasn't necessarily, you know, too anxious or desperate. I also, I, w- I guess I was one of the l- lucky ones in that, uh, or maybe not so much, in that I wasn't in a huge hurry to get married. So that I didn't have a, you know, a loud ticking clock until I actually got into my early 40s when when the clock went off. So how did I survive? Um, aside from like having the basic skills, I also made sure that I had a very full life, that if I wanted to go out, I could. If I wanted to be with friends, I had that possibility. I had that option. If I, you know, you always need to have, as a single woman or person, I think it's healthy um, to have options at all times, meaning Mm -hmm. good friends, um, friends of the opposite sex. That's very, very important. I had, I really surrounded myself with great guy friends that wanted nothing from me. That could just be a, a, a lovely um, source of comfort and support without pressure. 
uh, family that was non-judgmental. Um, those are things, and then activities and hobbies and interests. It it fills it out. You always want to have options so that you're never totally down and out. That you're never, you know, bereft or, uh, you know, it's you will get lonely. You will get horny. Sorry, it will happen. Mm-hmm. But you, I would say to single women, particularly women that, and oh, you know, a lot of women that are probably in your audience are single moms. Would you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, focus on your kids. Focus on the, the things that are right there on your plate right this minute, not what's missing. Enjoy and, and spend your, your time um, with the things that you love. And lastly, before I hand it over to Robbie, I would say the biggest thing is to have a sense of purpose, not so much a passion, because uh, that's a little harder to find or to create, but to have a sense of purpose that every day you're doing something that will make you feel good and make you feel proud. Mm, okay. Great tip. Thank you. Robbie? Andy, what was the question? Oh, stop it. <laughs> no, how did you survive all those, all those years oh. of being single? What, we, what, we're, how did, what was your survival techniques? I, I, didn't, well, I didn't have marriage as a goal. Ever, I just had. Oh. Uh, I liked meeting people and uh, just experiencing different relationships. And if they lasted uh, a year or a month or a weekend, that's what it was. And went from one to another and had a couple of longer-term relationships, which were wonderful and educational. Uh, but I never really put much uh, pressure on myself that that was what. I need to do, and it is to find a woman and settle down and start a family and all that. That that was that was never a a real priority for me. Uh, but I guess it all kind of changed, obviously, when I uh, encountered Treva. And yeah, uh, so what happened there? What what made you decide that marriage was in the picture when you well, met her? Well, I I I I I can only say that. The timing was right, the chemistry was right, and when the timing for me was uh, at a a specific moment when we were talking about our future and our futures being separated or together, I realized, oh my God, that was the moment I was done being single and I was not going to let Treva spend another minute not knowing that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life with her. And that's oh. what I proposed right at that moment. And it was very spontaneous, and oh. it was not planned, and uh, that, that was the moment. Huh. That's so awesome. So, Trevor, how about you? How did you know Robbie was the one? I, uh, I can only t- I, I I've had, a, like, a, a lot of the ones, you know, or at least I thought <laughs> – I had met the one, you know, a hundred times before, and that wasn't it. They weren't the one, obviously. Here's what I can tell you about the one. The one feels, for me, I don't know. I can't speak for other people. The one feels different. It feels effortless. There, it, the one was not. Didn't come with a lot of angst and tumult and worry. And um, that, to me, I, 
I have had so many false starts. I wouldn't even know what the one was. You know, I've never even gotten to the starting line. I mean, I, I wouldn't really know. All I can tell you is that this one felt different, and it felt comfortable, and it felt uh, like I just didn't have to over-effort like I had done in the past. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's such an important reminder because so many people post in my Facebook group about the struggles, you know, and it's it shouldn't be that hard, it should, especially in the beginning, you know, where I see a lot of women also taking men on as projects. He's great except for these three things. Let me just work on those. <laughs> so um, that is not a good way to approach a relationship and where it feels like it's work from the beginning. And that that was me too. So now you've 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 busted me on two things now, and I'm the people fixer. But Sandy, you said something interesting. You said it shouldn't be that difficult, especially in the beginning. So is it supposed to be difficult as you get into the relationship more? So there there are challenges, and we were talking about that at the beginning. And I want to actually talk a little bit about that. I think that people have a very false idea about what relationships are based on movies and romance novels and it's not real it's relationships start with a lot of good feelings and good good hormones that get released and then real life happens and especially if we have challenges but we also see each other's flaws after we get through the honeymoon phase and and um, sometimes it's the things that draw us to a person that actually gets on our nerves like somebody is very prompt and on time, and now this person is like anal retentive and is driving you crazy because they're so on time and they can't stand when you're three minutes late. So it's it's this is when the challenges start to come up, and and it's it really helps us look at ourselves, hopefully, and how we're dealing with the issues. So, um, so tell us some of the challenges that you've had uh, marrying at this age, because you know you're kind of a set person by now. Yeah, yes, we are. We, we are. are definitely set. You you come to the relationship with um, your way of doing things and you know, habits, and you know, we're all creatures of habit. Uh, I would say that it, the ways in which we differ are the ways in which I can improve. So I well, it's it, no, it's but but you know, and I was going to say in a joking way that this is what happens when you marry a fitness professional, you know, and a life coach, sometimes I have to put that away. I have, a lot of times I have to put that away, but that's who I am, you know. I'm all about self-improvement. And so, but some people aren't, and Robbie not, isn't really necessarily on board with a lot of, you know, the stuff I'd like him to do. But what we have come to uh, understand, or we've sort of arrived at this place where um, I have to let him be him, and he allows me to be me, and he honors, you know, my path, and I have to respect where he's coming from and what he, you know, likes or doesn't like. Starting today? Uh, yes, it does. Oh, God. Great. No, this is stuff <laughs> we've been practicing. Oh, really? Yes. But so, so the struggles. Okay, so you know what? Yeah, I've done things a certain way for 50-plus years, and I, I was fine, and I, I did just fine. Know, did I know how to fix stuff? Not, no, not really. I mean, so this is what I'm saying. Robbie comes into my life, and 
his style or his system isn't it's kind of a good thing and I can always improve and I can learn and Robbie has been that for me um, where we haven't we we do butt heads we do you know there are times when his way is better than mine or he thinks that his you know his methods are better or smarter and and I will push back and I'll say no I'm you know I like the way I do it and you know that's okay, but we there are. I would say that uh, people getting together later in life be open to change, be open to suggestion. Definitely stand your ground, be who you are, um, but be slightly flexible. And my guess is that's what they mean by marriage is compromised. You know, I had heard that growing up. Marriage, I've heard two things. Marriage is hard. Marriage is hard. Marriage is work. Marriage and then mm-hmm. marriage is. I don't think marriages work. It shouldn't be work if it's a good marriage. And it, it does. It, 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 it requires. Work. I mean, work. Work and then. But it, but it's a it's a labor of love, and we mm. are learning. And like I just said, you know, anything that feels uh, not na- necessarily natural for me, like not my way of doing things, that's okay because maybe Robbie's way will teach me something. Yeah, or and vice versa. That's, there is, yeah. We are open to, and so therefore, there, that's where the compromise comes in. Yeah, that was well said. Thank you. And Robbie. Uh, well, uh, you know, yes. Uh, being older than Treva, I am a little bit more set in my ways than she was. But I also had different uh, role models and mentoring growing up than Treva did, and I was fortunate to come from a a loving household. Uh, as dysfunctional as we were, but my parents were together and uh, had uh, a very good, strong family unit. I had two older sisters. Trevor's an only child. Her parents divorced when she was eight. And so it's uh, it was a, a much more of a different upbringing for her, so she was not privy to seeing relationships in action the way I did. And uh, whether it was uh, older siblings going out on dates and seeing what they liked or their parents in a loving relationship, uh, it was it was very different. So a lot of what we are experiencing are things that Treva did yeah, not experience is, at all. Uh, this is a lot of on-the-job training for me. Mm-hmm. And a rookie. I am really new at this. I have admittedly no partnership skills. I've never lived, I've never cohabitated with a guy. Mm-hmm. So the first for me on so many levels it is a constant source of learning and, and it, consciousness expanding and mind-blowing. And a lot of this is not comfortable when you're doing yeah. it for the first, after doing something else differently your whole life. And so this has been part of the uh, growth and the metamorphosis, if you will, of, of our relationship. And this is why I really do defer to Robbie. I mean, we may get into it sometimes, but ultimately i got to hand it to him. He's, I wouldn't have married him if he wasn't smart and competent and capable. And I defer to him because I know that I, I know less here. I come to this, you know, sort of like the, the student. And, uh, Sandy, can I get I, a copy I, of this show when you're I'm done your, so I can replay it for you? I'm already grasshopper. It would be really wonderful for me to Just call have me grasshopper. As a sample. Grasshopper. No, we, we are both grasshoppers in this because it is a journey and we are both uh, new at 
this type of a committed long-term relationship. It's it will be it'll be five years for us Friday. Yeah. Wow. Happy and anniversary. Thank you. Well, I have to say, you know, just your willingness to admit that it's hard and that you're willing to do the work and that you're willing to get uncomfortable is huge. I would say a lot of other couples are finger pointing and it's never their fault. And that to me is one of the biggest issues that can destroy a relationship. And so it it even was a pivotal moment for me as a parent when I switched my mindset in parenting from I'm the one in power my parent, my kids should listen to me because I am powerful. I am the parent. And when they would fight me because they were very opinionated and um, they had a lot of tenacity, I, I just got angrier. And so when I switched my parenting to listening to my children and hearing what they had to say and honoring what they had to say, and it's still, like you said before, it's standing your ground Having your values is important, but that flexibility and seeing it play out in a way that you may not even realize is the way that it it would work best. But being able to include your partner or your child or your friend in the process is how relationships succeed, in my opinion. Yes, I'm. I am all for being a strong, independent woman, but I will say that does you know that that does have its place. And it does come in handy in a lot of situations, not necessarily in relationships, because you have to so oftentimes bend and be flexible and open, like I said earlier. And Uh uh, it gets a little harder as you get older for everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're an only child or not. I mean, people get divorced and they meet new people and they move on and they create new relationships. It's really important that... They they don't take the baggage from either their childhood or their their past or their past relationship into their future into their next relationship. Um, we just did a our, uh, an episode of our show with Dr. Gary Salyer. You ever heard? Of mm. Him? Mm. He was on my show just maybe two weeks ago. Oh, hello. Okay, he's great. My <laughs> he's oh, great. I know. Synergistic. Um, oh my God. <laughs> Attachment theory, attachment yep. theory, that blew yeah. my mind. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. It's so brilliant, and it's so true, and and finally understanding <clears throat> what my attachment style is, it just was like a key that unlocked so many things, and I'm so fascinated, and it really, it's something that Robbie, I really want Robbie and I to kind of explore together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you know, the more you know about yourself and the reasons why you do what you do, the first of all, you have more self-compassion. You can forgive yourself for behaviors that you may have been harding yourself on, and also you can learn new ways to be. And, you know, with him, it's about rights. It's about our rights as a human. And I like the way he put it. I really enjoyed his book a lot. I loved having him on the show. Um, yeah, it's like... All these things, I think there's just so much to learn about relationships. We don't come with the playbook, you know, and especially getting married later in life when you already have set ways. I can only imagine how many challenges, but there's that humble pie, you know, that that willingness to say, you know what, you're right. I I didn't realize I was coming across this way. Um, 
I know even with my son when he'll call me on something. Like, Mom, you just went into a story without checking in with me to see if I could hear you. <laughs> you know, am I open to hearing you? Even as simple as that, just checking in, he needs that. And so it's it's great feedback for me. I totally am open to it. I don't want to impose my opinion on someone if they're not open to hearing it. So it's it's all good if you're willing to hear and change with the relationship. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, no one said hearing the truth is pleasant, uh, but it will bring facing the hard truths about yourself. Wow, it is an opportunity for uh, for amazing growth if Mm -hmm. you're open to. And I that is how I look at this whole thing with Robbie. This is a gift, and I want to be and I pledge to him all the time. I want to do whatever it takes. Well, first for me, because it's, uh, that's, this is my work to do, and whatever work I do on myself will will reflect positively in marriage and our relationship. Fully open to doing whatever. I would say that to. Uh, it, no, it's both of our work. I don't. Yeah. You, you, I don't want you thinking that you're shouldering anything. It's it's absolutely a partnership, and we are in this together. And uh, there is. There's not really a right way or wrong way. It's just there is uh, maybe the best way, and it's good to work that out so we both are aware of that pretty much at all times. We also adhere to the uh, adage of taking the high road. Mm. Yeah, but the theme that I keep hearing you both say is that your relationship is super important, and when you hold that as, front and center, you know, and in every relationship, there's there's a you, there's a me, and then there's the relationship itself. It's a triangle. And so everything has to be in service to the relationship, not just my own goals, but to the unit of the team that we are. And I hear partnership in every single thing that you guys are saying. So I just wanted to point that out and congratulate you for having the right mindset to really make a marriage work. Thank you. Um, we hope so. Yeah, like I said, I, I kind of have it in my DNA. I'm self-improvement junkie. Yeah, no, it's great. I do for a living. It's hard to turn yes. off. Yes. It must, must get annoying. Robbie's yeah, so it's, again, so not being unsolicited, just because we have so much we want to share. So many people and, are and Robbie, totally not open, like my children. You know, it, it comes from a good, a good place. And yeah. I think that. Good, also, the good news about getting together later in life is that nobody's perfect, and you can let go of those things, those the criteria or the prerequisites, you know, and and start to just relax and exhale that you are enough, and that um, you know we're all flawed humans, and we all can be therefore more accepting of each other and more tolerant more compassionate. Um, I found that dating as I got older was becoming weirdly easier because of that. The only thing that would that made it difficult for me was that I wasn't married yet. So mm. those the it, it wasn't so much uh, like what's still missing in me. It was more about because I was I had come to a point where I fully accepted myself. This is who I was at 49 going on 
50 because that's how many there'll be. Um, but I think my troubles were not so much with me as it was with the guys, that uh, they weren't available. It was a tough time to date. It was a very tough time to date and want to be a manager. Because a lot of guys in my dating pool, they were just coming out of marriages. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's always a tough time to date, honestly. I I felt it in my 20s when I was trying to get married and so many men did not want to. They weren't ready in my late 20s. And I wanted to have kids, so that was important to me, and I felt like I needed to do it sooner rather than later. And then after my divorce, I found a lot of men were just hadn't evolved in the same ways that I had. So I think, you know, it's, the more we can be aware of who we are, and I think also dating at this stage in life has so many gifts because we are much more confident with who we are. We're more fully formed. We're not looking to date to be rescued, hopefully. And then when you're coming from that place like you were, it's much easier to form a healthy relationship. Yes, this is what I'm saying. It's it's kind of all in the way you spin it. Mm-hmm. We I think we probably skew our, our podcast, and I know my blogs definitely skew toward uh, midlife, like a midlife audience. And mm-hmm. we hear this, um, we, we kind of hear the same lament a lot about that it's, it's so hard, it's so hard. And um, I, I want to believe that it's, there's so much upside to this age, being single at this age, to being okay with yourself at this age. There's a lot of upside. It's really the spin you put on it. It is hard as you, it, it's hard as you make it. If you keep saying it's so hard and it's such a struggle, uh, it tends to be that. So I come back to what I originally said about taking the edge off the single life. The best way to do that in order to prevent yourself from becoming bitter, jaded, cynical, is to keep your life full, full with options so that you, if it doesn't happen, you're going to be okay. If it happens, great. If it doesn't happen, great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's great advice. Do you have any other other tips for people who are single over 50 to help help them have some more hope? Uh one thing I think is important is date against your type that you think mm. is your normal type. Because I think people tend to go for the superficiality of others first and not realizing the depth of a person because they may have uh, they may not have the wardrobe you prefer or they may not have hair on their head or whatever it is because you are set in your ways about being attracted to only a certain type. So you're not really seeing the true person there, and it's important that you give everybody a, a fair chance. Mm-hmm. And those that you would not normally look at twice, go ahead and look at. And, in fact, go have coffee with them. You, you might be very surprised. Yeah. Yes. Totally and, agree. Uh, I would say also to spend as much time offline as you do online dating, and by that I mean get out, get up, get off your phone. Uh, make look at people, make eye contact before you before you lose your skills. You know that's the problem with digital dating. It gets it it makes people you lose that muscle. So I don't care if it's just going to the store or wherever. You know when you're out doing your errands, 
make eye contact with people and smile. Just crack a little smile. It doesn't have to be weird. You don't have to be, you know, kooky. You just, just a little smile right. is a fantastic icebreaker. Be gracious. Men like that. People like that. People warm up to that. Uh, that's, that's definitely that's one of the tips I would give. Um, the other tip I would give is to learn how to apply equal amounts of uh, uh, focus to, to effort and surrender at the same time. It's a, you've got to strike a balance between effort and surrender. So mm. I'm like, you know me, I'm all for improvement. It's what I do. Um, I, I think that, yes, you are enough, but you're not off the hook. You <sighs> need to, everybody needs to work and keep in, improving and, and looking their best and feeling their best. It's really, really important. Now, with that said, there's a time and a place to say, okay, I surrender. I'm this is this is this is I'm good. I am going to just allow my life to, to happen the way it is. It's going to unfold. I'm not going to force the river. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to force square pegs into round holes anymore. Whoever finds me finds me. Whoever I find, great. There's got to be a level of surrender and being able to quit in a way that is. Not giving up, but in a way that is self-preservation. And then I will say that uh, one more thing. I'm sorry if I'm Robbie's rolling his eyes like I'm going on and on and on. It's only a half hour show. I'm sorry, but listen, it's all good. It's all good. This is this is my sweet spot. You know, I know that of which I speak. So letting go was key to me. Uh, for me to to find Robbie, I really believe that. Yeah. I, if I I I pretty much I threw in the towel in the best possible way. I didn't give up. I didn't just like let myself go. I just thought, no, this this is not good. I've got to accept being single. I have to love it and embrace it. And the the sooner I do it, the better because I will feel comfortable with myself and it will show. And it does. There's mm-hmm. nothing here more appealing and attractive than a man or woman who is comfortable in their skin, regardless of who they, what they look like, what they do, and who they are. Mic drop. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, that's my whole woman of value thing. It is you radiate out your confidence, your ability to, to show up in your life, to communicate well, so you're not desperate, you're not needy, and you can let go. You know, when you have confidence, you do let go. And and I think that is one of the hardest things that people do is to let go of that attachment to the outcome. You know, anything you do, like let's say you show up for a job interview and you have to have that job. You're going to show up so differently for that job interview than if you would just like, if it doesn't work out, there'll be a better one. There'll be something else. Yeah, it's so hard. It's, it's to a, me, it's, yeah. yeah, I'm... I'm uh, you know, I'd love to say I'm Buddha, but I'm not. I mean, I'm human just with everybody else. And, and yeah, you want the things that you want, and I, and I get that. But you've got to breathe. You have to just, you know, be able to find something in yourself that is uh, comfort. And if it doesn't happen, you will survive, you know. Yeah. If you don't get that job or that guy or that whatever it is, you're going to be okay because you will mm-hmm. have built your infrastructure. You will have, have you have something stronger inside you that can withstand 
whatever disappointment comes your way. I mean, easier said than done, right? Like I mean, nobody <laughs> nobody said it was easy, but it is a goal, and I think it is an important goal. And I'm glad that you put it out there because I think having that balance of putting that effort in, not saying, hey, I'm done, I'm all cooked, I've finished growing, I don't have to do anything else, and also just letting the universe do its work too. But it's not because you're sitting on your tush, you know, watching Netflix every night, you're getting out. Like you've shared some really great tips to help people be done with being single. Um, Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And let our audience know how they can find you both. Okay, well, you can find Robbie and me at DoneBeingSingle, um, DoneBeingSingle.com. Uh, you can download, upload, download our episodes everywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us um, at Voice America, Apple, uh, iTunes, everywhere. And then you can find me. Um, I am a life coach, a um, certified professional life coach, and you can find out more about me and my services at trevabrandonsharf.com. Okay. All right. I'm putting all this in the show notes and shevabrendonsharf.com. So two different websites. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing, you know, all of this really, really smart dating advice for people who are losing hope, who are feeling like just they've had it, they're done they're done being single and you know listen to listen to Trevor and Robbie they know from whence they what they speak about and they've been where you are and they are here and as you can see it's not simple it's not all roses and unicorns but it is rich and wonderful and having been on your show and seeing the chemistry between the two of you and the silliness and the fun i can i can really feel that you guys you guys are a great couple Thank you, and we are. Thank you so much. Uh, I kind of feel like we're doing. We're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Most people get their partnership and marriages out of the way when they're in their twenties, right? And we're just learning all these things now. So it's it's kind of a it's a cool uh, character arc for both of us. We have this uh, really fascinating second chapter that we're we're just starting to get into. Um, so yeah, the learning never stops, and I would say for any, for everybody. Everybody should keep learning and growing and evolving. Because when it stops, that's not good. No, um, that means that you have a tag on your toe, in my opinion. Um, so, um, but thank you again. And please, everyone, check out Treva and Robbie's show, Dumb Being Single. Go to check out Treva at her website, which will be in the show notes. And um, And if you love our show, please, rate and review us on iTunes at Last First Date Radio and I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day everybody.